This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here in the United States and around the world. Great news since last week's broadcast about the huge round UFO over the Edwards Air Force Base Rocket Propulsion Research Laboratory. We have broken through 232,000 subscribers, and let's keep growing, you guys. So if you haven't subscribed, please click on the subscribe button, the like button, and the share button. And the past week, There have been headlines like this February 23rd popular mechanics about human scientists learning how to speed up, slow down, or reverse the flow of time at the quantum level. Futurism headlined on February 26th. Scientists say they can reverse time in a quantum system and even, quote, we can rewind to a previous scene or skip several scenes ahead, close quote, meaning manipulate time, making it sound like we humans can now manipulate timelines like the many different extraterrestrial groups that human abductees have encountered and described in missing and manipulated time. Fast forward time, reversing time, and missing time have often been described by people who have experienced the UFO abduction syndrome. The most common confusion for abductees is knowing that they were driving to a local library at 7 p.m. They see a bright light in the sky. The next second, they look at their watch. It says 10 p.m. And they don't remember even getting to the library. Three hours of missing time. The person is haunted by not knowing what happened and eventually seeks out a hypnotherapist to try to find out. And that's when the UFO that picks up the car with the experiencer in it or picks up the experiencer only in a beam of light. One of the most common types from the 20th century up to today is on the far left an example of a clone gray artificial intelligence about three to four feet tall. These cloned AI worker bees are like computers that can walk around. In contrast, there are taller biological grays like the one below the light dimensional being. These older grays are the extraterrestrial biological entities that our government calls EBENs, and that is an acronym from extraterrestrial biological entities, EBENs. They wear gray-colored leotards that are AI protective suits. If the human experiencer sees solid black eyes, those are generally protective black lenses. Underneath the lenses can be a pupil and iris of various colors and shapes. There is another five-foot-tall gray type with pointed chins that are described as more hostile to some humans and might be a mix of biological and non-biological AI. Other ET types that humans encounter include reptilian humanoids, dimensional light beings, six-foot blonde-haired and blue-eyed Nordics, very tall whites that are eight feet or taller, 
eight-foot-tall praying mantis entities, and humanoids that range from various colors and include blue, green, teal, that can be also like an electrified blue sky. And some of the extraterrestrial beings, according to military and aerospace sources, are allies to Earth humans, such as the collaboration of the Nordics and the Tall Whites. And when humans have encountered these people often sense a spiritual soul energy that is not felt with the gray beings or reptiles. And whatever the truth is about each of the alien sources and missions, there are two processes that most or all human abductees experience. Manipulation of time that includes fast-forwarding time, reversing time, and missing time. And when I was speaking at the Conscious Life Expo conference in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago about ancient aliens, I met a 35-year-old woman who described experimental accelerated time near a UFO in her family's backyard in Jersey City, New Jersey, in the late evening of a June night right before the 4th of July in 19. 93. She was five years old that night of the UFO encounter. And today, Jennifer Carmody produces a popular TikTok JK Ultra channel that she began a year ago in January of 2022. She describes her work as a social media investigator of news about UFOs and ETs, the paranormal, conspiracies, spirituality, consciousness, and all the deep unknown rabbit holes. One big unknown that haunts her is what exactly happened when she was five years old that late June night with her family in the backyard of their Jersey City, New Jersey home. Here is a map that Jennifer sent me of the North Bergen, New Jersey neighborhood. Starting with number two, that is where Bud Hopkins interviewed a doorman at the Stonehenge apartment building about a January 12, 1975 UFO landing in Braddock Park and the emergence of eight small, identical-looking non-human beings, possibly cloned, that got out of the UFO and started digging holes in the ground. Number three is where Jennifer Carmody lived not far from the entrance to the Holland Tunnel to Manhattan, New York. And number four is where an air defense volunteer in West Bergen, Jersey City, New Jersey, reported to his captain a UFO in the sky that was seen by five other witnesses within one to two miles. Jennifer's five-year-old experience in late June 1993 also seemed to have both accelerated time and mind manipulation of her stepmom as experienced in so many different human abduction incidents. I was with my father, my stepmom, my two sisters, my two stepsisters, and my brother. This was before the 4th of July because I was very scared of the sky after this happened. So I didn't want to go and look at the fireworks. 
And we all remember that the couch was in the backyard because my dad had just gotten a new couch and they were getting rid of the old one. But before they could get rid of it, they put it in the backyard. So we were all playing in the backyard with the couch back there. And I was five, one of the youngest ones. The ages went up to 14. And this was probably around 11 p.m. at night. And first days of the summer, first days that all the siblings are back together, we were all hanging out in the backyard. My stepmom opens the door and tells us to come in. And we all are like, no, no, not yet. And she's then like, okay. And then closes the door and locks it, which is strange that she would lock us out in the backyard late at night. How did you know that she had locked the door? After this all happened, when we were trying to get back in, the door was locked and we were pounding to get back into the house. That raises the issue of whether or not there was some manipulation of your stepmother's mind at all this. At that point, all of the older siblings, which were between 10 and 14, were hanging out, sitting on the couch. Me and my brother, you're younger than me, were playing. And my older sisters, they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And we come running over, and they're like, we just saw a white dove. A white dove flew over them in the middle of Jersey City, which is very urban. You know, there's not, like, much wildlife like that. The older siblings, they're like, oh, you're never going to see that again. And we're like, oh, no, no, we'll wait for it to come back. So we grab some chairs and pull up next to the couch that the older girls are sitting on. And we're like, yeah, well, we're just going to wait for the bird to come back. And within seconds of us all kind of sitting in a line where they're on the couch and then we're on the chairs next to the couch, there was this sound that was like when you swing a bat, how it has this like whistle, like is breaking the air, that high-pitched breaking air sound. Mm -hmm. But it was extremely loud and like bouncing off the houses which made everyone look up, like someone was swinging a giant bat really fast. And so we all look up, and then it was really just one second split into three parts. And it was like the sound, we look up, and then there's a dot, like something in the sky. Then it's in the backyard next to us, maybe 15 to 20 feet. And you're saying that you knew that something was in the sky after the bat whistling sound, and you see a little dot that the very next second that an entire craft is in the backyard? Yeah, it was literally the same second. Same second that we heard the sound, or at least that I heard the sound. It was literally the sound looking up, and then instantly. It was like one second split into a hundred parts. It's like the fastest thing ever. And then it's in the yard next to us, and there's like a really large shed, and it's hovering above the shed, like not landing on it, but like bouncing kind of above it, like vibrating above it. And that is directly in front of the same direction that the birds just came from and flew over the girls on the couch, then we're sitting on the couch right in front of us, the direction we're sitting, the shed, is hovering. The top and the bottom looked like they were stationary. And it looked like the middle part might have been moving 
spinning, but not not that you could really see it spinning, but it seemed like the middle part was probably what was moving because then the bottom row was light, like underneath the widest part. What color? Very bright white light, like extremely bright. But it also just had like a little glimmer of yellow, a little glimmer of blue, a little glimmer of pink. But it was a white light. The lights were extremely bright. And there was a dog in the backyard with us. And the dog went in front of us. The dog goes in front of all the kids and starts barking at it. But she has her tail between her legs. And I just remember like looking at the dog and the light shining on her really long shadow and I remember it was just so scary to see this like she was barking but she was scared but then the shadow from the light was like casting so long behind her and then like literally the next thing that I remember so it's like a sound a dot the ship the dog the shadow the next thing that I remember it's like it almost was like we were all standing in a line like standing in front of where we were sitting. And then it was like at the same time, all of us just were like, ah! and it was like everyone unfroze. At the point that I started running, I believe that the ship was still there. I feel like I unfroze and I was running and the ship was still there. And I was the first one back to the house. And that's when we found out that the door was locked. Now, my sister said it zoomed away so fast. And she doesn't remember, like, trying to fight to get into the door. So she says she actually thinks that she took a little longer to get back to the house. And because she said she saw it zoom away. I did not see it leave. I was running. Yeah, but this is a big deal that you run from this UFO that has somehow popped in front of you guys, scared the dog, everything you've just described, and you reach the door first, and it is locked? I know. Crazy. Why would your mom do this? Yeah, it's bizarre because it took her a while to get to the door. And then when she opened it, obviously we were just in a complete panic. There was no making sense of what anyone was saying. There was six kids breaking the door down, you know? Right. But did you say at some point, Mom... Why did you lock the door? We were just like aliens and stuff. She didn't really address any of that. She just was kind of like, what are you guys talking about? And then my older sisters went back outside again to check what was out there. They built up the strength to go back out. And they go to the backyard, and then they say that the neighbor was out there. And the neighbor was like, did you see anything? I thought it was a plane. Which is interesting because we didn't know that there was a neighbor in the backyard throughout that entire night. You know, we were sitting there. The backyards are very close to each other. So that was also weird. And now I wasn't allowed back out at that time. But I asked my sister today about the neighbor. And she said that the neighbor thing is pretty weird because she just remembers when she went out. It was so silent that it was like the most silent ever. And she didn't remember really seeing him. She just kind of remembered what he said. That it looked like a plane. Mm-hmm. And that would be totally the opposite to you guys. Oh, yeah. The thing that really catches me is why would your mother have ever locked the door 
And I'm bringing this up again because in other abduction cases, there is strange behavior as if there is alien or non-human control manipulation of the minds of the people that they're going to interact with in an abduction. And it makes me wonder, is it possible that there was alien influence on your mother while you guys were still playing in the backyard on the sofa? Could something have provoked her to lock that door because of what was going to happen next? And then all of the events unfold for you. Have you ever thought about those possibilities? I haven't. And also, it is interesting, too, to kind of check on us before so that it wouldn't be during the time. I always did find it weird to this day that the door was locked. I remember kind of flashes very quick, and it seemed like one second. I wonder what the actual time frame of it was, because to me it feels like the whole thing lasted seconds with a million details. Time manipulation is a big part of abductions. I have cases, one was a woman in Colorado who was traveling in her car, and the last thing she remembered was that she saw her speedometer go out of focus. And then the reality was, at that moment, she was taken into a craft, it was an abduction case, and she is put back in the car at the same moment that the speedometer needle went out of focus. This minute control that the non-human intelligences have in being able to interact with a timeline, take one or more people at, say, zero five, even if it's going to be for days, and return them at what the person thinks is zero six a second later in their life. Wow. And that sounds a bit like what happened to you guys in the backyard. Yeah, so much happened. And also a lot is missing because I remember no one reacted except for the dog until we all reacted at the same time a little bit later. Did you or any of your family have a very vivid dream within two weeks of that happening in which there was a vivid dream, like real life, but you wake up, maybe even non-humans in a dream, as if trying to explain to you what had happened? I've had dreams that have been abduction-like, and so has my one sister, the one that I spoke to today. When she was younger, she had some dreams like blue beings. I had also something, mine was a bit more scary, but it was like blue beings, and it's a dream that still is very vivid to me today that never felt like a dream. Okay. The blue beings, do you mean the color teal, which is a bluish green? What kind of blue? Very electric, but like sky blue. Have you ever had an experience where in meditation that you see the blue being and you have information given to you from him about why you are on earth now? So actually, yes, I did a QHHT session, you know, the Dolores Cannon method of hypnosis. And I did it with this really great practitioner here in LA. And actually the blue being also was there for my hypnosis when I was under hypnosis. The blue being did give me information. And we also did get to ask why did this experience happen in 1993? And the information that they told me, which this blue being was involved in telling me, was that 
they told me I went on the ship, but that they can't really tell me what happened because it wasn't time for me to know anything like that. Have the blue beings ever showed you or telepathed to you about what is happening in this seemingly critical decade of 2020 to 2030, in which many other people in abductions have been shown either water flooding the earth, the sky on fire, volcanoes, all kinds of earth changes. Have the blue beings communicated in any way to you about whether or not we are in a critical period on earth in relationship to the future? That did come through in that same hypnosis session. It's the timing of Earth right now. They say, you know, that there's this Earth shift that is happening and doesn't need to be as bad as it could be if people raise their consciousness and can heal the planet through healing themselves. I was told in meditation without asking, actually, so I was not expecting it about that day with the UFO in 1993. They told me that that one was gray, that the gray aliens were connected to that encounter, and that I am basically connected to the hybrid program. It's something that I've already am a part of. It's happening. It's something that's been happening. I didn't even ask, and this information came when I was a bit uncomfortable with it, and then I was reassured. It's like, well, now it's like you're in a place that you can handle the information, and this is why we didn't really tell you before, because you probably would have got scared years ago if you were a part of a hybrid program. Can you explain for the general audience what the hybrid program is and what its goal is? So my understanding, not from meditation, this is actually from all of my research over the years, and this is why I believe that my meditation would use the same words that I know. So I believe that they're talking about the same thing that I know, which is that gray aliens are working with humanity, not with humanity as a collective, but with individuals that are incarnated as humans to harvest from them eggs, sperm, to create hybrid children with a gray alien race. So they would be humanoid, gray aliens, and that they're basically growing them and taking care of them, nursing them on ships, and that there's mothers on these ships. And they take care of them collectively. The kids also know what they are signing up for, for their soul. My understanding to help the greys in their evolutionary process because they have genetically modified themselves so much that they don't have a connection to their soul. And they kind of like can't finish their evolutionary process of connecting back with source. Mm. And they need to intertwine with humans so that in the future they are able to finish their evolutionary process. Is there anything that you've been exposed to since 1993 in these 30 years that gave you an insight about whether or not any of the beings that were coming to you in meditation or the ones in the backyard, did you ever feel compassion or have you always been nervous? In meditation, I feel only compassion. I haven't had any experiences that felt like I did as a kid. Pretty much in meditation, anything with that has mostly been compassion and loving. When I was a kid, those experiences were very scary. So I think if I were to look overall, they were probably not really being negative. I was probably just afraid because it's so out of this world. And have you been shown anything about how 
hybrids would be introduced to the 8 billion homo sapien on the planet? No, I haven't. The things that I've heard just from other sources is they're still trying to figure out what is the best way because obviously there's people who are humans that probably have a little bit of hybrid going on, but to the level of the hybrid program where people are actually going to look part alien, I don't know how they're going to integrate it. About seven weeks after Jennifer Carmody and her family were shocked by the sudden UFO in their backyard in Jersey City, New Jersey, before the 4th of July of 1993, the Jersey Journal on August 20th, 1993, headlined, quote, Flying Saucer Sightings Reported in Hudson Area, which is near Jersey City. Journal staff writer Greg Wilson interviewed Robert Herzig, who was driving on Tunnel Avenue with four passengers in his car when they all saw a, quote, brightly lit, hovering in a fixed position. We watched it for a good two or three minutes while we waited for the light to change. And then suddenly it took off in a flash of light faster than anything you've ever seen. It moved southeast toward Hoboken, close quote. And today, March 1st, came this UFO headline in Newsweek that we should all pay attention to and maybe find out more. Did Russia close down airspace because of UFO seen in video? This is Newsweek reporting today, March 1st. It says, quote, the war in Ukraine has spilled over into Russian territory in recent days with what appeared to be numerous drone strikes deep inside the country's territory, including on targets in border towns of Yesk and Belgorod, as well as in southern Russia and even near Moscow. Amid reports of explosions and drone sightings, the local authorities briefly closed down airspace over St. Petersburg, with all flights suspended in the city's main airport, Pokovo. Local media reported that a UFO spotted in the skies over the city was the reason for this unprecedented move to close down that airport over the, in St. Petersburg area. Later videos emerged purporting to show the mysterious object in the sky over Russia's second largest city. And this is still an unfolding story in terms of learning more from authorities there. But it has a feeling, doesn't it, that we're getting more and more and more uh, UFO sighting reports. And that one in Russia today, that seems especially significant. And uh, now I would like to give a huge cheer to my granddaughter, Hannah Mead, who is seven years old, lives in Ivy Land, Pennsylvania, and she has earned a Top Dog Award for the month of February 2023. And she is so bright, so wonderful, gives me hope for all of humanity to keep evolving. I love you, Hannah. I love you so much. And now, I would like to transition to another person that I love in agape love who helps us so much from the UK. 
Ian Holling. Ian, Thank you, you, Linda. Yes. That fantastic report. Uh, well, Linda, first of all, I'd like to extend a huge welcome tonight to all the TikTok people from Jen's JK Ultra channel who have joined us and have subscribed to us in the last couple of days. And, and a lot of them are here this evening. Welcome, you guys. I think that Jennifer is doing amazing work. And I am so glad that I met her at Conscious Life Expo. And now we have sort of a cross-pollination. I think that you can uh, understand from the uh, documentary that we did with her that she represents what I think of as a breaking new articulate, intelligent group of people who are expressing, whether it's in TikTok or news or in uh, whatever forum that they use, want, that we're hearing more and more people who are willing to talk about details as Jennifer did with me. And it, for, it signals for me that something is changing. It is shifting. Everybody is talking about the question of hybrids. And she is absolutely comfortable in addressing that subject including herself in that category, as many other people have. And to me, the whole bigger question is, what does this signal about the relationship between Earth and what I know are many, many other intelligences at this end of the Milky Way galaxy? And our government knows that. And they have been collaborating, at least with the tall whites and the Nordics in a form of gray and perhaps others. And that it feels as if this spring there may actually be one of those headlines that we've been waiting to crack about the discovery, the confirmation of biological in some form. I think it will be first the announcement with the Webb telescope that whether it's TRAPPIST-1 and fourth planet there or another solar system, the headline will be Webb confirms biological signature confirmation and then the solar system and the planet. And biological is a safe stepping stone to eventually, hopefully, finally, an announcement that will be true and honest, that we are not alone in this universe, have never have been, and that the universe is teeming with all kinds of consciousness in all kinds of life forms and Earth has been, whether we have had an official acknowledgement of this or not, the history of our planet for at least 278 million years is intertwined with both competing extraterrestrial civilizations and others that have been trying to promote a kind of, I think, um, a context in which their genetic manipulations of DNA and already evolving primates to create a series of humanoids that include us, that one of the challenges perhaps still remains is we are a, an astonishing intelligent species with very strong souls. I'm convinced of that. And I think that some of the beings that have been here for a very long time, they ha may have a problem. As I've been told, some of the greys have a problem. 
that they have lost the recycling, the reincarnative energy. And eventually, if all of this would come out and roll forward, and I know Jennifer would totally agree, then we might find ourselves all learning from other beings about how to collaborate and live peacefully with the planet that you're on while you learn how to have agape love with your fellow beings, no matter what they are, in which solar system, in what planet, that the whole universe seems to be struggling around that issue of the white and the black, peace and war, and on and on that we've talked about before, and that there is something about this decade, these challenges, the UFO sightings, now an airport in Russia shutting down for a time because of an object in the sky and it makes headlines. That's a change in some ways right there. So I hope that all of you can hear from Jennifer the, the depth of her curiosity, the research that she is doing, bringing it to her TikTok people and touching on subjects, so many subjects, that all of us need to be comfortable in learning about in order for all of us, humanity, to have a wholeness to our life, to have a wholeness to our relationship with each other. And if some of the advanced intelligences are working overtime trying to make that possible on Earth in what seems like a very difficult decade, thank you whoever you are that are trying to help humans in this very, very challenging time. And on that note, Ian, I would like to transition to you. Well, Linda, that was fascinating. And your sentiments are uh, echoed as well by the audience tonight. Leanne Marshall in the Super Chat says she's sending much love and appreciation for all you do as Earth Files and may this year bring the best yet. Well, we you. hope so. Thank you. We've We've also got a, a, a message here in the chat, uh, well, in the uh, comments, actually. As a New Jersey native and abductee myself, I'll definitely be watching. This is from Zombie BBQ. I've reached out to them and asked them to give us more information okay. about their own experiences in New Jersey, the same uh, state. And, that's... and Ian, to insert here, since you have found statistics about that area around uh, North Bergen and where uh, Jennifer grew up, that it has some of the highest number of UFO sightings and that there was a, a statistic of over 700 in one year's time. If anybody watching, whether they're in the, the government, whether they're in military or in intelligence, has any insights about why that part of New Jersey, where Bud Hopkins investigated, uh, John Mack investigated, so many people. What is it about that part of New Jersey that maybe suggests it's just a hypothesis based on other things in history? Maybe there is a, an underground lab or something that our government has been doing, maybe even from World War II, 
that the ETs themselves are interested in flying over and studying? I have no idea. I'm only speculating. But well, Ian, give that statistic, if you have that in front of you, of the 700 sightings in that one area. Was it? That was uh, one headline that was saying that there were 700, but it gets even better than that. Just before we went on air tonight, I went to the National UFO Reporting Center uh, based out of uh, Washington, uh, and I checked on their statistics. They've got 2,775 reported sightings for the New Jersey state. And uh, checking back on those, I've even found some fantastic cases, one of which goes back to uh, a missing time case on the 15th of June, 1956. So it's around about June, the same time of year. Listen to this. We walked outside during supper, woke up standing in the backyard when I saw five of them watching me. Mum and Dad were standing asleep with their mouths open. I heard Mum kept repeating when she woke up, would you look at the time? What happened to the time? Where did the time go? Shocked. It was now an hour and eight minutes later in time. And they had lost that hour. They had, and the strain, I mean, this is a fantastic report, so I should forward it to you, but it's such a detailed report, but this is, it goes back to 1956. Right. I pulled another one up from 1968, where an object had landed in nearby woods, and they saw a saucer-shaped object in a field. Some days later, I drove by the area and saw the army had a flatbed truck by the side of the road and had roped off the woods around the service road there. Afterwards, I went walking there. I saw a crushed, burnt area about 100 feet across in the shape of a circle in the field. That was 68. Wow. I, yes, I will uh, look forward to receiving that and try to do some more research. But the whole point is, wouldn't you say, Ian, that if one area like Jersey City, New Jersey and Bergen in that area, in, it was a period of time that I believe was only one year, right, that... It, it, to have 500 and some reports, let alone over 1,000 in one area or 2,000, it depends on the uh, length of time of each of those investigations and the uh, statistic uh, range of time. But that is a lot. And it means that we are on a planet where UFOs have been reported literally for centuries. They've been drawn or put in oil paintings. And here we are still wondering, are we finally in 2023 going to be told at least the truth that we're not alone in this universe? <laughs> with, with clear signs that things highly advanced have been here over and over and over for a very long time. So I, I appreciate uh, looking at like the present through some of those historic lenses. And all of us, I hope, are now finally on that piece of landscape where you say, it's, it's crazy to even think or write that we are alone in the universe. And we have to get past that and we have to start opening up as many subjects as we can, as honestly as we can, so we can get stronger with the information we have of the planet we live on, what else is here, what else is through our solar system, 
and what else is out in the Milky Way and beyond. We'll always be like little kids until we are finally knowing what the whole truth is. So Ian, what have we got for questions and comments? Okay, well, there's a lot of questions about, uh, about children being taken. Uh, JG says, make genetic changes in the young, see how they develop. There are enormous amount of reasons, reasons never known or understood because we are not them. Uh, Zolt Lakatos says, I guess because the children won't be as terrified as an adult. And Tom Lee, Baggy Books says, these space guys come to you early. It's amazing the timing they have to introduce themselves. I think that I have information that has come from a source uh, just in uh, the last month that if, if I can ever prove everything true, I will report it as truth. So I'm going to share it as speculation. But I, it, this is not the first time I've heard it it has come up many times in the past before, but this was the strongest context. And hopefully I'll be able to introduce more about, but what I'm gonna say is, the gray types in the beginning, when you think back into the 50s and the 60s, especially beginning with Betty and Barney Hill in 1961 in New Hampshire, and they get abducted from their car through a forest and each is handled differently. And they had slight differences in the way they remembered the beings, but they would essentially be in the category of gray skin, black eyes that Betty drew as if they did have a large round uh, lens on them, sort of, that's the way I think she thought it was, but was not sure. And how they showed her a three-dimensional star map and on it were, were, the, were different places where uh, the being was asking her if she knew where she was in this holographic projected series of stars. And she said, of course, I don't, I don't know. And he said, well, if you don't know where you are, then there's no way I can show you where you are here. Later on, Marjorie Fish, an amateur astronomer, took on the challenge of taking a uh, illustration that Betty Hill had done in pencil of just a portion of what she remembered in the holographic projection that this gray being with the black lenses uh, over what could have been cat eyes. Um, and, and Betty's drawing was studied by Marjorie, uh, who was an amateur astronomer, and she ended up putting together an elaborate thing of copper wire and where she was placing with beads, all that we knew about between uh, Zeta Reticuli here and other planets within like a circle of 37 light years out or something like that. And that work led to Betty Hill uh, and uh, Marjorie Fish and, her, and Betty's husband, uh, in which it appeared that there was some kind of a enough information for actual uh, astronomy astronomers to discuss this, and in a strange way, Betty and Barney Hill was the first time that astronomy 
found a resonance with what somebody had drawn and Marjorie was able to flesh it out and say, here are what appear to be the planets and the stars and Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2 were one of the binary systems in that. Today, there have been leaked documents, the Serpo material, many, many leaks about Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2, a binary star system about 40 light years from Earth, having planets, having one planet that it has a lot of desert on one hemisphere, but is referred to as Montana in the other because it resembled uh, trees and people who have knowledge about it say it's like Montana. It's Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2 again that we have this information about through the Serpo program. So I think that there's an acceleration that is beginning to happen in which more and more people who have had military and aerospace backgrounds are beginning to talk the way we all should be able to talk about what is the dynamic, what are the relationships between other beings that have interacted with so many uh, people that we've had here in interviews on the Earth Files YouTube channel that, uh, that Jennifer is trying to probe in a lot of different facets of this and thinks of herself in a hybrid category. And so hopefully we are shifting, we are changing. And on that note, Ian, what else we got in questions? Jen is in the uh, chat this evening, so we're, well, we're glad that she's here. Oh, and also, yes. You're talking about Jennifer. She's here tonight. Yeah. She's in the house. I hope so. Thank you. Duncan Hill says JK's UFO that she saw when she was a kid is very similar to what I saw as a child. Well, the, I'll tell you, anybody who is sending any comments or has knowledge about that they saw a UFO, that they may have been close to one and somebody told them, don't talk about it. This is the time to get out your sketchbooks, sketch for me what you remember, like Jennifer has done and uh, send me reports from your firsthand eyewitness sightings with sketches. Colored pencils are better, but whatever you can sketch. Uh, I really thank Jennifer for all of the sketches that she did that in a strange way, they reflected the sense that in interviewing, that everything was happening so fast. It was like she was getting flicks of things and I think it came across in her illustrations also, and uh, that uh, then we're back into time manipulation. And time manipulation appears to be one of the major keys of the non-human intelligences in interacting with us. And Bud Hopkins' first book, Missing Time. And now we know that our own physicists in laboratories today in 2023 are putting out reports about their being able to accelerate time, even reverse time. So if humans are becoming that sophisticated, imagine what beings that are a thousand years beyond us are doing in this cosmos.
I think it's exciting. Okay, Ian. Let, let's do the super chats, Linda. All I think right. we've been extremely generous to us this evening, starting off with Moonbird. Hi, Moonbird. <laughs> we've got Christina Ledesma Jimenez, and actually Christina's uh, daughter is uh, Kiera. Kiera is having her seventh birthday today, so happy birthday ha to Kira. Happy birthday, Kira. We've got Terry D, Star Cedar, Rebecca Cole, Faye Patterson, Rosanna Rigby, Yin Yang Glow, Jacqueline Merkitt, Zombie Lover, Judy Graham, Leon Mar Marshall, and Whisper of Love. And Whisper of Love says, please give a shout out to her daughter Yoko, who's 10 years old today. Hi, Yoko. Happy 10th birthday. We've got uh, some Canadian uh, viewers in tonight. They're talking about the disclosure in, uh, or potential, uh, let's say, uh, hopeful disclosure news in Canada, because today on the news, it was also revealed that uh, there's going to be a new government a Canadian UFO study. The first known Canadian UFO study in 30 years is underway. Uh, so hopefully we'll bring updates on that in another upcoming program. Great, great. Uh, if all of the governments of this world would all agree that they were going to investigate what they already know and then report everything to the public, I think that we, don't you, don't you think we are at a time where much of what is actually suppressed could be revealed to the public and people would not only accept it, they would say, I told you so. That's it. I think we're, we're definitely coming up to that sort of time when that could, be, that could be dealt with and we would then be able to move on. Yeah. What else? Okay. Don Johnson, uh, he says that he's had some missing time and that actually accelerated time in one case. Uh, he was on a long journey from Taos, New Mexico to Long Beach. He even stopped to take a nap on the way home and he made it back home four hours faster than it took him to drive to Taos with no nap. Four hours faster. You know, it reminds me, one of the strangest mysteries when I lived in Philly was I got a phone call one day from a man who was a trucker. And he said, I just want you to know because I've seen you on television. He said, I drive trucks and I know exactly down to the minute what it takes under certain weather conditions and everything from station to station. And he said, all I can tell you is that I was in, and it was up uh, to the east of Philly, loaded my truck, headed for a destination in Florida, Linda. That was my destination. I knew how long it was gonna take. And I'm calling you to tell you, I don't know how it happened, but I was in Florida in two hours. And we ended up talking about, did he notice anything? Did he see any change in his truck? Was there a light? What was it that happened? And the only thing was that he himself, as a child, had remembered something about a UFO. And now he's a grown man with his truck uh, work and something happens that absolutely baffles him but he associates it with UFOs yet again and that's why he called me well that acceleration 
what would you call it? It's like a time slip, something that's supposed to take maybe 20 hours or whatever and ends up two, but he is physically in the spot. That's the proof. He's physically where he was destined, but it all happened so fast. Uh, whatever you would call that in the world of manipulating time, that is one of those cases that I've always remembered and puzzled over because it was a truck driver who called me. I didn't never knew him or met him, but he had seen me on TV and called and told me that. So how many other people around the world in all the other countries have had similar experiences that we know nothing about? Santana Berish says, I feel this is happening a lot to more people than we think. We are just not remembering. Yeah, and the manipulation of mind and time and matter would explain why. But dreams, dreams do seem to be some kind of an outlet for the subconscious to try to let humans know that something has happened. And uh, I very much respect people who uh, are willing to share vivid dreams that may have some relationship. So um, I think tonight what we're doing is saying, if you have had experiences in which, like Jennifer, it involved even a whole family, and that there was something about mind manipulation of somebody there, or time compression, or speed it up, let us know. Yeah, email me at earthfiles at earthfiles.com. And that the issue of hybrids, it is a fascinating subject that has been evolving over the, at least the last couple of decades with the work of Barbara Lamb and others. I've known Barbara for a long time. She is convinced that the hybrid program is actually an effort to help humanity improve our evolutionary future. Others argue that it could be an, a peaceful invasion of Earth, changing everything. I would be very interested in what you all, uh, who may have had experiences between the issue of hybridization being an effort to perhaps increase peace among humans on this planet versus something that would be in an invasion category. I would love to know what you all think. And uh, in fact, Ian, you know how you do those little spot uh, to, to our the poll. We could yeah, do a poll. Yeah, a yeah, little spot poll right now. What to say? Yeah. Yeah, it pose, yeah the, the question would be, how many of you think that an extraterrestrial hybridization program on Earth with Homo sapiens sapien is for an evolutionary peace, for an evolutionary improvement for human life on Earth versus that hybridization is a kind of like a secret, silent, under the surface invasion. And, and tell me why you think whatever you think. That's it. Let's try and put the poll together, see if we can do it right mm -hmm. now. Uh, the poll should be then, uh, do people think that it's uh, that the, the hybridization is for the good of humanity 
or is it for, let's say, planetary acquisition? And we're going a little longer tonight because of the delay, which, as often happens, we're in an imperfect computer uh, support, lights, all of that world, and sometimes we get held up. So thank you for understanding and being there with us. So what's another question? Okay, let's, let's hope that the uh, support team can just put that poll up for us. In the meantime, Patty M from the Super Chats says, question, can ET scan your house? Back in 2003, there was green neon light that went through inside my mum's house. It was light and like putting, up your, putting your house in a football stadium. That bright. Yeah, we've heard this many times. In fact, even just this uh, in the last few days, I've seen people talking about the the light that illuminates the whole of the house, or just you know, it's it's like that scene from Close Encounters. Yeah, yeah, the brightness in those cases. Um, well, there are there are so many issues around the variety of lights, the orbs that are different sizes, that seem to go like this in the air, in other words, floating and propulsion not known, uh, to the beams. Um, from everything I know, switching gears over to hard facts in military and aerospace, we are dealing with extraterrestrial intelligences that have known how to neutralize gravity for a very, very long time and that their ability to use beams to move things, to have various sizes of light orbs that can enter houses, hotels, any buildings, gather information of varying kinds with their sizes. It's such a really, um, I, I would say it's probably one of the more ancient observations of humans of a phenomena that has been described in American Indian literature, in East Indian, all around the planet, of spheres of light of varying sizes that can interact in some way, whether it's with a village, in a building, in a house. And I personally think that that's just part of the inventory of observation technology that advanced species have been using here and probably many, many planets for a very, very, very long time. And for us, they're still mysterious, but they're not mysterious to people that I know in aerospace and uh, physics and government. They're very well aware of a lot of these technologies. So. It's like, here we are, the population of humans that have been kept in the dark on the planet in which they live for a very long time by power brokers and governments who think this can't know the truth without going crazy or something. And they're the only ones who can keep all the secrets. And I think you and I, we all, we don't agree. And I know that some of the content and material is pretty stiff. I know that. But truth, I think, is 
The coin of this universe is to try to get to truth and stay in truth. And that's all that I can hope that you all feel the same way. Okay, Ian, what else? Did we, have we got insights on the poll? We've got the poll on at the moment, and it's uh, receiving votes. So everybody, right. please, uh, please give a, a vote. I'm on the fence on this one because I have to say I think it's a little bit of both human benefit and uh, perhaps planetary acquisition, depending on the species. But let's see what the audience say as we as we roll this out. Yeah, both can be true. Both can be happening at the same time by different extraterrestrials. So uh, here's a good point: if it was planetary acquisition, wouldn't it have already happened? Well, that's where there are um, government concerns that a planet could be taken from the inside out, so to speak, without the population that's being replaced knowing it was happening. That's, I would say, is not what we see on Earth exactly. Um, But all of you start thinking in really complex ways about why would other extraterrestrial civilizations fight over Earth? Uh, why, what is it about Earth and this sun and this solar system and that strange asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter in which so many of the asteroid rocks have very similar atomic uh, structures when they've done analysis compared to our planet. What is the relationship between Earth, our moon, and the asteroid belt, and Mars? What has happened in this solar system going back a long, long ways in time with extraterrestrials maybe even fighting each other in our solar system? And that that's a whole other layer of extraterrestrial manipulation of planets. And our own history may eventually finally incorporate a relationship between Earth, our moon coming from perhaps something that was where the asteroid belt was, something destroyed the asteroid belt, something hurt Cydonia on Mars. And what is the timeline of those events? And what exactly is the true source of our big round moon that is hollow in the middle and that people in the abduction syndrome have been told your earth is hollow because it's filled with computers and technologies from the species of extraterrestrials who either refined it because it was brought from somewhere else There's so many mysteries about the relationship of the moon, the earth, Mars, and the asteroid belt, just starting in our own home solar system. Okay, have we got even a few numbers? Yeah, we've we've got some results in, and it's a very close tie. Uh, At 207 votes, we have extraterrestrial plans are for the human benefit, 49%, and for planetary acquisition, 51%. Wow. And Linda, let's both, just remind people as well about the upcoming uh, conferences. Uh, 
I don't have that list in front of me. I know that there's par uh, the the parapod is uh, the April the first. Yeah, if you've got those dates, because I'm like the uh, absent-minded professor of keeping these schedules around me. I know that parapod is uh, coming up March. Thirtieth uh, to April one, two, and then what else have we got after that? I'm going to start posting them now, and we've also got them in the show's notes this evening. So we've got the Parapod one at April the first. Um, we've also got Contact in the Desert, which is yeah. uh, June the second to the fourth, and we've also got the Portal to Ascension, which is San Diego, and that is April the twenty-first to twenty-third. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And I want everybody to know that uh, the Earth Files YouTube channel is now available as a podcast. New episodes are released every Thursday after these live broadcasts. You go to podcast.earthfiles.com or you can also search for Earth Files in your favorite podcast app. And we will put a link in the show notes for everyone after each live show. I'm glad that we are able to do that. And I have time for one more question, Ian. Okay, just the comments. Uh, Alex Coldwin says, as, as I just said, our souls are very, very, very valuable to them. I and think that is true. says, sadly, neither our government or ETs have been honest with us, so neither can be trusted. You know, I think that there's a lot of truth in that, and there's a bell-shaped curve in the extraterrestrials themselves about those that cannot be trusted, who probably have insidious goals, all the way to those, which I think include the tall whites and the Nordics, that they have at least a vested interest in their experiments here, and that they want to see homo sapien not only survive, but evolve beyond territorial, tribal conflict and so much war. And that maybe if we knew the whole huge, huge picture, that what's really on the line in Earth, maybe a lot of experimentation related to it, is that in this particular universe, the souls that come in and out are gathering information that is being contributed to what I call the divine field. And maybe this is a very special planet with special reincarnative cycles and that there's more here, more to learn and more to evolve in than maybe we have even a clue and that some of the non-humans that are really advanced, they understand that there's something about us that they need to help mend, evolve, survive, and prevail with agape love for the consciousness behind the universe and for what humanity can be because we have the ability to live, I think, and grow and evolve past war, past war. And that seems to be one of the experiments that they're watching. 
So all of you who come to the Earth Files YouTube channel and that I meet in the conferences, I have this feeling that we are sort of bound by all of us would like to know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we would like to be on a planet where there was no shooting and war. And we would like to be able to go on a starship out through the solar system and into the Milky Way galaxy and then beyond into more galaxies to see what the rich myriad of lives, biological, whatever they are, in this incredible universe that the web shows that there may be three trillion galaxies. And we're just in one. And we're just in a tiny, tiny little arm of the Milky Way. And look what goes on here. And that I know that the aerospace uh, information I've had about the Curtis LeMay and the Roscoe Hellenketter and the Hoyt Vandenberg USS starships, those three I know exist and they go out on missions. And eventually I hope that is shared information around the whole planet. But they aren't the only starships. There are others. It is as if a part of humanity has already joined with the Star Trek world that is available in this cosmos. And it is way past time that you and I and everyone be told the truth, even about the starships we're owed because we are humans living on Earth that has had an evolutionary history of life evolving for millions of years. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. Thank <laughs> you.